It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. This is Locked On Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder every single day, even through the holidays. Hope you had a fantastic Thanksgiving yesterday and on today's show, uh, which you can follow on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Call into the show, 405-362-7128. On today's show, we will hear from you on that call in line with a voicemail episode uh, with your thoughts on the tank, your thoughts on if Shea can be a 25-point-per-game score, and your thoughts on much, much more. Also, we're going to hear from Chad Ford and Brad Rowland, our two draft experts here on the Locked On Podcast Network, talking about Poku, talking about Teo, and seeing where they feel like the ceiling is on those guys, and then I'll chime in with what I'm feeling like is the ceiling on those guys and what I think that they will be in Oklahoma City. So a fun show today on Black Friday. Do some online shopping today, of course. Don't crowd yourself into a store in these circumstances, but if you can get a good deal online, go for it. So let's start with the draft, and let's start with our draft experts. You're going to first hear from Chad Ford, who, if you don't know who Chad Ford is, is a draft expert, the best of the best on the draft. He used to work for ESPN, uh, was an amazing draft expert, and is now working on the Lockdown Podcast Network with Chad Ford's Big Board. You can go listen to Chad Ford's Big Board because the draft is so important for Oklahoma City now. So go check him out. Brad Rowland hosts Lockdown Hawks and also covers the draft for Dime.com. He does a great work as well on the NBA draft. So we're going to hear from Chad Ford right now on Poku. You can call him a power forward from Serbia. He's another super skinny, rail thin, but again, much like Jaden McDaniels, like the talent is just undeniable. How his body is going to hold up, how he's going to handle the next level of the game. Major, major question marks. And I, I don't really see, given his frame, how he's going to necessarily put on you know, a lot of bulk, but the guy can really play the game. And again, I think when you're looking at these sort of late 20s picks right now, here's a guy, maybe we stash him uh, for a year or two, let him play um, overseas and and try to work on, on physically maturing his game. It's again about there's not a lot of superstar potential in this draft and so who are a few guys that that maybe if they put it all together could do something big? And that's why he's ranked as high as he is. And I have him in the 15 to 25 range. So Oklahoma City did draft Poku in the 15 to 25 range, getting him at pick 17. 
And Oklahoma City targeted this guy for over a year. He was their guy in this class, the guy that they wanted. And, and you heard Chad Ford say it. If he puts it all together, this is one of the few superstars in this draft class, one of the few guys with superstar potential. And I look at him and I think to myself, what if he's not a center? What if he's not a power forward? What if he's just a very special, unique, small forward? Because you look at his frame, he has a small frame, he's 7 feet tall, 7'3 wingspan, has trouble finishing at the rim, cannot protect the rim, is praised for his ball handling, his passing, and his shooting. What if he's just not a big man, even though he's in a big man's body? So having him experiment at the three is interesting to me. It really is. And I think that with Poku, obviously, if you had to lay a bet down right now, the safest bet, realistically, is that he will not turn into the next Giannis. He will not turn into the next Kevin Durant. He will not turn into whoever you're thinking of. But the fact that there's even a chance is why this pick was so worth it. The fact that you could be looking at the next Giannis or the next Kevin Durant or the next Porzingis is why you make that selection. Because as we talked about the two paths on Wednesday's show, in this class you also had two paths. You could have gotten a for sure contributor, a for sure role player at pick 17, at pick 25, and at pick 28. You could have gotten for sure role players. And again, that's depending on which picks you keep because you did at one point have 25 and 28 and then settled up with pick 17. So in this draft class, what I'm saying is you could have gotten a for sure role player. You could have gotten a for sure contributor. However, that does not change your timeline. Adding another contributor to this team trying to tank and this team trying to find their next wave of generational talents doesn't do a whole lot for you. And if you miss on this pick, if Poku is just awful, right? He is dreadful. He's next dragon bender. Then that's fine. You also do not set your, your rebuild back any. Your timeline is not messed up by drafting Poku. So that's why... I'm on board with this pick because you did exactly as I asked. I said, okay, if this is your guy, just do whatever you have to do to get him, but do not trade future first-round picks. If it takes future first-round picks, I am out. If it takes future assets, I'm out. And it didn't take future assets. It took two lower first-round picks that at best would have been contributors, and I don't really care if you get a contributor in this class versus taking the swing on someone who could be the next Giannis or Christoph Porzingis. If he turns into one of those two players and you still get the draft key cutting him this year, you still have Shea, your rebuild has just basically ended. I mean, for all intents and purposes, all you're doing at that point is waiting out those guys coming into their own at the NBA level. And, the, and then you can trade those first round picks that you have remaining for proven NBA stars. And, and so we get to the bottom line and the fact of the matter for this pick All Poku can do is change your timeline for the better. He cannot set you back. He cannot be a disaster on the floor, because if he is, you're losing games and getting Cunningham, and it doesn't matter. So the only outcome in all of this that will have a lasting impact on this organization is if he is the next Giannis. You're not living in fear of him busting, because if you bust, it doesn't matter at all. But if you nail this pick and and you've targeted this guy for a year, as you have, and you nail it, well, what you've gotten out of it is improving your timeline and, 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 and accelerating course on this rebuild and accelerating 
to the point of contention again. This was a really good pick and a really good offseason for Oklahoma City. I also want to let you hear from our two draft experts, Chad Ford and Brad Rowland, on Teo Maldon and what they feel about your second-round pick, who I'm very high on as well. The first voice you hear will be Chad Ford, then we'll go into Brad Rowland. Another point guard, this one out of France. He's big, he's got a good feel, shooting ability, lacks elite quickness or explosion for the point guard in the 25 to 35 range. Uh, 6'4", 6'8", 6'9", wingspan out of Asville. A guy who was once projected pretty widely as like a top 10 guy and people cooled on quite a bit this year. Still think he's probably going to go in the first round, but not an absolute lock to go in the first round. Um, a really good shooter which is uh, not what you think about, at least when, if you've been following his trajectory, that was not what used to get talked about with Maladon, but that's probably his most interesting skill right now, for me anyway, is his shooting, especially on the move and out of pull-ups. That's a real interesting thing. And then defensively, I think there are enough signs to be pretty encouraged by as someone who's pretty long and maybe may be able to guard once, et cetera, et cetera. Not a great athlete though, which is kind of concerning um, because at that size, if you're not a great athlete, there is a lot that can go wrong for you, but still someone that I would have in my top 25 or so. And uh, I like him a little bit more than Ramsey just in a vacuum. And so those are the two draft experts on your two picks that will, that will be coming over in this draft class. Obviously, you also drafted Vit, but I, I don't think he'll come over this year. In fact, I'd guarantee he won't come over this year, and I question if he'll ever come over. Uh, but again, he's rehabbing from a torn ACL, so he is irrelevant right now. But but Teo Maldon and Poku are both in America, are both going to play at some point this year, and, and so we'll get to get our taste of them. And, and for Teo Maldon, I am very interested in him. Again, the shooting is interesting. Uh, the lack of explosiveness, the the questions about his athleticism, uh, those are all red flags. But whenever you combine that shooting with a big guard who can pass and and can, quote, have, has a great feel for the game, as draft experts have said, it's worth pick 34. So I think that the Thunder really did clean house and clean up on the NBA draft. Did a fantastic job in the draft getting their two guys who are going to be very fun to watch. I mean, there's no doubt about it. During this rebuild, it'd be fun to watch a seven-foot guy with a seven-three wingspan who looks like he weighs one fifty, even though he weighs two eleven, and watch Teo Maldon, who is a big guard that can shoot, that can pass, that has a great feel for the game. It'll be interesting to see how they develop throughout this season. But coming up on the Lockdown Thunder podcast, we're going to hear from you, the audience, and your questions and your comments on the Lockdown Thunder voicemail. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Go. Built Go is a one and a half ounce package that is easy to take with you to break through your mental or physical wall. Break through with Built Go today. It is so easy to put Built Go into your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever, your golf bag to power through the back nine, or in your pocket to just get you through the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It is five hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for your body. It's like discovering and drinking a monster energy drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. They have three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate coconut, chocolate mint. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is a fast-absorbing protein that gets into your system fast, and it's easy on your stomach. Built Go is loaded with good stuff to ignite your work. Collagen protein promotes soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. So visit them at BillCo.com. Use promo code LOCK to get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK to get 20% off your next order at BillCo.com. Let's go. 
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Wrapping up another week of daily episodes, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. On Monday, we dove into the Stephen Adams trade. On Tuesday, we talked to a draft expert about the 2020 class and the 2021 class previewing the college basketball season. On Wednesday, we talked about why the rebuild is the right choice for Oklahoma City. On Thursday, we did winners and losers from the NBA offseason. And today, we're continuing this episode with a voicemail episode. On Monday's show, we'll dive into storylines to keep you entertained and keep you watching a tanking Thunder team. But let's start the voicemail episode right here, right now. Let's hear from the audience. And we first go to Paul in Dallas. Hi, my name is Paul. I'm calling from Dallas, Texas. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this 2020-2021 NBA season. Um, I have like three main questions, I guess, or you can call them comments, I suppose, but mainly questions. Um, First of all, uh, I've been watching Shay. I follow Shay's trainer on uh, Instagram, and I think in one of the posts, he's yelling at Shay, uh, motivating him, him, yelling uh, 25 points per game. And I'm wondering, do you think that's an actual possibility that SGA could average 25 points per game this season? I personally think he can, uh, especially with the roster currently constructed. Um, but, yeah, just curious what y'all think. Um, second question, uh, who is more valuable right now, uh, Lou Dort or uh, Darius Baisley? Um, I'm really high on Baisley. I just think uh, he just maybe has more tools, but obviously Lou Dort's um, defense is like incredible. Maybe he'll be more, maybe we can confidently say Lou Dort is more valuable if he can uh, gain a three point shot over the uh, off season, but curious what y'all's thoughts are. And then last question was, um, with Al Horford, do you think, I mean, I think we all think that he should try and be, uh, the new quote unquote CP3 of the team in the sense that he's veteran leadership and then he can kind of rehab his value. Uh, in the league, and that we could trade him out, you know, obviously be an asset or turn him into an asset. So, um, yeah, just curious what y'all think about that, Ken, uh, or will Al Horford be able to re-up his value, and will we be able to uh, trade him, uh, you know, midseason or whatever the case is. Yeah. Anyway, thanks, guys. So thank you, Paul and Dallas, for calling the show up and asking those three questions. Let's start with Shea Gilgis-Alexander and the video that you saw from his trainer, uh, saying 25 points per game, 25 points per game. And is that a realistic possibility for Shea, especially this year? Well, I think it absolutely is. I think without question, it's a possibility. Last year, Shea was your leading scorer in Oklahoma City. Last year, Shea put up 19 points per game. 19 points per game while shooting six field goals per game. And since last year... You've lost Dennis Schroeder's seven field goals a game. You've lost Gallinari's 
5.8 field goals a game. You've lost Chris Paul, 6.2 field goals per game. You've lost Steven Adams, 4.5 field goals per game. You've lost Nerlens Noel's three field goals per game. So since that point, you have lost your second leading score, your third leading score, your fourth leading score, your fifth leading score, your sixth leading score. And he already put up 19 points per game. I think that Shea is going to be in control of the offense a lot more. I think that Shea is going to be the focal point of the scoring a lot more, even as he was the leading scorer last year. I think that Shea absolutely can take that next step. There are so many shots to be had on this team now that Shea is going to benefit from that. So is 25 points per game realistic? On a team like this one, yes. On a team like this one, Shea can put up 25 points per game. And if that's a marker he's using to motivate himself as he understands that the postseason is no longer the motivation, that's totally fine. Now, is 25 points per game realistic in a pursuit for a championship in a few years? I'm not so confident in that. I think ideally you would have Shea in a role similar to what he was last season where you're distributing, he's playing off ball, playing on ball, scoring 19 points per game, 20 points per game, 22 points per game, and then you're putting the pieces around him where he's able to facilitate, where he's able to play off ball and be versatile on both ends of the floor. But can he reach 25 points per game in this rebuilding season? Heck yeah. Heck yeah, he can reach 25 points per game. And it'll be very fun to watch him go for 25 points per game. Because look, the biggest knock on Shea in big moments last year, specifically in the bubble, was his lack of aggressiveness. His lack of that killer instinct. His lack of decisiveness. That was the biggest knock on him, and it's partly why you lost the Houston series. If you would have seen a confident Shea in the Houston series... Oklahoma City walks out of there with a W. Oklahoma City walks into the second round for the first time since Kevin Durant left if you got to see a more decisive Shea in the postseason. And so in order to get 25 points per game, you have to be decisive, you have to be confident, you have to take the shots. And so if that's the Shea you're getting, that's even better for this team. It's even better moving forward. So his goal should be 25 points per game. I think he can reach it on this roster construction, is that the best way to to handle the offense moving forward? We'll see. It, it depends on the route we see him get to 25 points per game this year. The effectiveness, the efficiency, what happens around him, things like that. But that's a good question. I like it. I think he can do it this season. Now, your, your second question about Dort versus Baisley is just gut-wrenching to me. That's like picking between your two favorite kids. It really is. I don't say that as just a placeholder and an analogy. If you've listened to this show, you know my feelings on both these guys are very high. You know that I've called Lou Dort. Potentially, that if he reaches ceiling and if he reaches what he can be and he reaches the fullest extent of his potential, he can be the best defender to ever play the game of basketball. He can be the best defender ever if he reaches his ceiling. Lou Dort can. So that's 
really high praise and really valuable, especially on the contract you just signed him to before the bubble. But you also know that I was clamoring for Darius Baisley to play more and that I feel like Darius Baisley is going to have an amazing second season this year because he's finally going to be put in a position to show off why you drafted him. Darius Baisley's elite trait in going into that draft and the reason why he was a first-round talent was because his playmaking at that size. His playmaking at that size, his ability to grab rebound and go coast-to-coast, be an amazing ball handler, passer, uh, facilitator, being an amazing guy slashing to the rim, driving to the basket, that's what got him drafted in the first round. And then to see him in the bubble add that step back three, to see the three-point shot come along this season, it has been special to watch. And so now when you eliminate Dennis, when you eliminate Chris Paul, when you're not playing those three guard lineups with three point guards, it allows Darius Baisley, who will see a minutes increase, to show off that playmaking, to show off his elite trait. So I'm still really high on Darius Baisley. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Moving forward, if I only could keep one, luckily the Thunder don't have this problem. Luckily the Thunder get to keep both of them. I will give you my answer if I can only pick one between Lou Dort and Darius Baisley coming up. And we are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Be sure after this podcast is over, Locked On Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder, to go check out Hollinger and Duncan. Hollinger and Duncan is a fantastic basketball podcast to make you smarter from a basketball standpoint. So start listening to Hollinger and Duncan podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network with NBA analytics pioneer and front office insider John Hollinger, used to be a GM, don't you know, joins Dunked On podcast host Nate Duncan to bring you the scouting reports, the game breakdowns, salary cap analysis, and much more. So subscribe to Hollinger and Duncan today wherever it is you get your podcast from on the Locked On Podcast Network. Listen to them after this show is over. But right now, I'm going to dive in more to this Lou Dort versus Darius Baisley question. And again, that is like picking between your two favorite kids. Luckily, Oklahoma City has both. If I had to hypothetically only keep one, I would say, I would say Lou Dort because I think that the defense is irreplaceable. And so for a contending team, I'd rather have that defense. And if you've listened to the show, you know, I don't think that Lou Dort is Andre. I know he had that one flawed shooting game, but one flawed game does not make a reputation. Lou Dort can put the ball on the floor. Lou Dort can drive to the rim. Lou Dort can pass. Lou Dort is not afraid to shoot. Lou Dort is going to make free throws. Lou Dort does so many things offensively that Andre could never do that Lou Dort is not going to be a liability. 
And you saw it whenever you scored 30 points in a playoff game. So I think he's still growing. Lou Dort did everything you saw last season while not getting to practice because of a stupid two-way contract rule. He did not get to practice with the team until the Disney World bubble. His upside is going to be tremendous. As is Darius Baisley, by the way. But I think moving forward, if I only pick one, I would pick the defensive upside and the defense we've already seen and the offensive upside for Lou Dort. That's a very good question. And I want to hear everyone's answer to that. Because if you could only pick one, if you had to choose, would you pick Lou Dort or Darius Baisley? And then to your last point about Al Horford, of course, I think that you're, you've are you hit the nail on the head. I think that Al Horford was in, a, was in an atrocious situation in Philadelphia. Just atrocious. And I think that Al Horford can show in Oklahoma City running a, a, a system that schematically will look a lot like Billy Donovan, which he enjoyed quite well at Florida. So running this system that will be very similar to Billy Donovan with Coach Mark Dignod will be very beneficial for him. Uh, he's always been a good locker room guy, always been a good veteran, does not need to rehab his image off the floor, but does need to rehab his value on the floor. And I think that he can do that in this style because the Philadelphia thing to me was, it was like whenever you reach in fantasy sports and, and you go draft somebody that way, nobody else can have them. You draft Patrick Mahomes second overall. So nobody else can have Patrick Mahomes, but you didn't think about how you're going to be left with no running backs now or like the, the, the 76ers really just took him out Horford. So, no one else could have him because he's an Embiid stopper, that he's somebody who gave Embiid fits defensively and, and really stopped Embiid whenever he was with the Celtics. And so the Celtics grabbed him and said, okay, well, now there's no Embiid stopper, but didn't think about how now you're paying him and he does not fit with your team. It was a square peg, peg round hole. I still think he still has, Al Horford does, basketball value. And I think he still has value that he can show throughout this season. And I think that the trade comes in the offseason, not at the trade deadline. I think he stays an entire year in Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City flips him at the, at the offseason for more as teams begin to strike out on big free agents and get desperate to improve their team next year. Uh, so I still think that the return is not done yet and that he will still have value moving forward at Horford Wells. So I'm very excited about that. But that was a great call. That was a great job by Paul in Dallas. Let's go to Daniel in Rhode Island. Hey, how you doing, Ryland? My name is Daniel Mayan. I'm from Rhode Island. A big Thunder fan, even though I'm not from Oklahoma, but that's my team, and I've been sticking with it. And uh, I'm excited about the tank. I love it. Um, uh, I'm super pumped. I mean, with last year, it was totally surprised. You know, everyone thought we were going to tank after getting the picks for Paul George and Westbrook, and we had a super fun year. Chris Paul's an all-star, all-NBA talent. And I think we're seeing – an amazing week for Presti. People look back and be like, wow, that is insane. I mean, he's setting a record for the amount of trades and just flipping guys immediately and just getting more assets. And I think we're going to have a really fun, unique, young roster that's just going to be really interesting to see as we go along. Because I mean, We don't know what we have in Poku. We don't know what we have in Teo Maladone. We have no idea. These guys are just going to be Total flyers, you know, Admiral Schofield. We'll just see. So it's just going to be fun to see who's a legit guy, who's not. I mean, we, Dort came out of nowhere, undrafted rookie last year. So we'll see what he can find. And 
what's going to be the Thunder, and hopefully they can be a contender in a few years and keep getting draft picks. So I am on Team Tank, baby. Let's go. Thank you, Daniel in Rhode Island. I am glad to hear that someone from Rhode Island is sticking with Oklahoma City, sticking with the Thunder organization, even through a tank, because that's what I worried about in this tank. I don't worry about Oklahomans because I know being from here, living here, uh, and and never leaving here, that I know that Oklahoma City and Oklahomans are going to support the Thunder no matter what, and that they take great pride in being a big league city. What I was nervous about is the fact that Oklahoma City has done a fantastic job with their with their different strategies of marketing themselves and, and acquiring such great players that they've become a national brand, in which I never thought would happen with Oklahoma City. But, the, but Oklahoma City really transcends, unlike Memphis. Memphis fans are not all over the place, but Oklahoma City fans are. Oklahoma City fans are, are global. And so I worried about if that would stay and, and remain true through a tank. So to hear people like Daniel's story about being from Rhode Island and sticking with the tank and being excited about the tank is very, very encouraging to me. And I think you should be excited, Daniel. I think that this is going to be very fun. You mentioned Admiral Schofield. You mentioned uh, Lou Dort, who I think that Josh Hall, another promising undrafted free agent, might get you excited here in a couple a couple weeks whenever the season starts. So there, there's still a lot to dive into around this team and a lot to follow. And that's why I think it's so important on Monday uh, and throughout next week to do storylines leading up to training camp, storylines of of why you should still be invested in this team, why this team still matters and the season still matters, even while the goal shifts from winning a Larry O'Brien trophy to winning the lottery. So I'm glad to hear that you are on board with the tank. Subscribe to Lockdown Thunder as we break it down every single day. We go now to Grantland, Texas. Hey, Ryland. Uh, this is Kevin from Garland, Texas. Uh, I've called into the show before. I love, 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 love what the Thunder are doing. It's really cool to see uh, how we're able to pick up guys, pick up assets. But I'm very, very interested to see what you think. By my count, we have like 16 or 17 players without bringing back Dre, which I think we might end up doing. Who do you think our final, is it 15, final 15, final 12 guys looks like when the season starts? Thanks, man. Love your show. Bye. Thank you for the call all the way from Texas. Uh, I did do a roster projection episode on Monday. I know that this call came in on Sunday, uh, so a lot of moving parts between then and now, but my projection as of now, as the time of recording this remains the same, uh, so you can go back and listen to Monday's episode and get the projection there. As for Andre, you know, I don't really see a pathway for them to bring back Andre. It would only take a minimum contract, so on the on the salary aspect, I understand that it could happen, and, and in fact, it would it would not bother me if they brought back Andre. But from a pure numbers crunch perspective, it's already going to be tight to get down to the 17, including the two-way contracts that you need to start the season. Uh, in fact, they have to make moves between now, when I'm recording this, and training camp because they're over even the 20 player limit at training camp. So much less the 17 limit, including two way deals. So I'm with you. Andre would make a lot of sense to bring back in the sense of uh, just trying to give him that chance to prove he's an NBA player. Uh, But the Thunder have kind of filled up their flyer roster spots 
because at this point, Andre would be a flyer spot. He'd be someone you're hoping can prove to you he's still an NBA player and you're hoping he can produce something unexpected. And you have a lot of those guys on the roster already. To answer your question, you know, semi-question is that you do need 17 players, not not 12 or 15. 17 players, including the two-way deals. So if you don't include the two-way deals, though, you're, you are down to 15. But again, for a roster projection, go to Monday's show and listen to it. I tell you who's on the roster right now and who I think survives the eventual roster crunch. But thank you for your call. I'm, I'm happy that you were able to call in a second time, and I'm glad that you're still enjoying Locked on Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. If I, had a, if I had to ballpark it, or not ballpark it, but predict if Andre was going to come back, I would say no. But I would still like to see it, I think. We'll just see how this all unfolds throughout these next couple of days leading up to training camp. So I'm very excited about all that's happening on the Locked on Thunder podcast and the NBA landscape. We're there. I mean, we are, we, we've made it. We, we have made it from October till now, and it's basketball season yet again. Training camp opens a week from today. Preseason opens a week from then, and then you've got the regular season. So it's going to come fast and furious, and there's not going to be any time to breathe or blink. So just get ready to roll with Locked on Thunder and the NBA season. This is the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Thank you for sticking with us this week, and hopefully you'll be back next week whenever we're talking more hoops on Monday's show when we break down the top storylines to watch for the Thunder. I am Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Is that R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S? Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder. Perfect ending to a historic day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.